Hi, I'm Zach, and welcome to the IB Voices podcast. In this episode, we talk to Middle Years Program educators Gabriela Gonzalez from St. Brendan's School in Uruguay and Natasha Hake from Kenya's Aga Khan Academy, Mombasa. Together, they look into the Claremont Evaluation Center study that evaluates the MYP school implementation. Plus, they discuss how the findings are helping their schools reflect on collaborative strategies and make plans to further develop MYP implementation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new IB podcast. This time we are going to discuss the MYP, more specifically, uh, a study carried out by Claremont Evaluation Center uh, to uh, evaluate the MYP implementation of the next chapter. This study was carried out uh, from 2015 up to uh, the end of 2019, and a final report will be published soon on the IB uh, website. Um, this study um, uh, evaluated the implementation of the MYP um, curriculum in uh, a variety of MYP schools mm-hmm. across the world, and uh, um, we gather a wealth of data about what the implementation of the MYP curriculum looks like around the world, particularly related to nine critical curriculum components, which we are going to discuss today, focus on the collaborative strategies. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to have in uh, here uh, two educators. Uh, I would like to introduce you, Gabriela Gonzalez, the first one, and the second one is Natasha Haken. Welcome to the IB. Thank, Thank you, you, Emmanuel. It's great to be here. Um, so I'm Gabriela. I come from um, a school in Uruguay, in Montevideo. It's a um, full continuum school from PYP, MYP, DP, and we have the CP recently. And we're just delighted to be here to discuss some of, of the findings regarding collaborative strategies. Thank you. And I work in Aga Khan Academy. I'm based in Mombasa. Again, a continuum school. We have PYP, MYP, and DP. So the first question for you both will be, can you tell us a little bit more about your school, the school context, and the current implementation of collaborative strategies? So, you know, for me, when, when I was reading the study, I think that collaboration is both an object of concern and optimism at my school. On the one hand, it's the, one of the program aspects that as teachers, we're always saying that we need more time, that we don't have enough time, that it's, you know, it's a challenge in terms of how we structure it and to look for, for the time in order to do, to do so and to do so well. But on the other hand, I would say that it's one of the areas in which we've experienced the most amount of growth as a school community. So I really want to emphasize the transformative potential of collaborative strategies in terms of school growth. I think if we were to think perhaps in education of one of the, of the things that has the best investments in terms of giving us high returns, I think collaborations is certainly at the top. I think that the Claremont study shows a two-sided process or a loop with regards to collaboration because on the one hand side, ATL, interdisciplinary teaching and learning, and service are program components that are made possible and facilitated by collaboration. But then on the other hand, the effective implementation of these aspects also further promotes collaboration. So these aspects are informed by collaboration, but collaboration is enhanced as a result of these processes as well. So I like to think of this as a loop or a reinforcing process. I would say if I were to identify perhaps where my school is in terms of these three collaborative strategies outlined in the report, I think that the biggest challenge at my school would perhaps be the component service. 
Um, not because we are not doing great service projects, which we are, but because I think out of the three components, it's perhaps the one in which the subject group teachers, it's something that they feel that is outside the, the scope of the regular everyday subject matter. Um, you know, skills, everyone sees as part and parcel of what they do. The challenge now is to make that visible and explicit. Interdisciplinary teaching and learning is also well established at my school, and I think there's you know, solid understanding with the challenge now being how do we summatively assess that. But I think service, it's still about teachers really becoming empowered and taking ownership over that component and seeing it as a key aspect of what they do within the subject as well. And just finally, one, one other challenge, which I think I would highlight of my school, is the fact that we mostly have teachers that are not full-time teachers. You know, we've been trying to maximize the weekly planning time that we do have for collaboration. We're looking for alternative uh, modes of communication and collaboration outside of the regular spaces that have been defined for face-to-face -face collaboration. So a challenge has really been to think outside the box for creative strategies to further um, foster collaboration. Thank you very much, uh, Gabriela, for your insightful assessment of the current implementation of the uh, collaborative strategy in your school. Um, Natasha, what is your view? So at the Academy in Mombasa, our structure is such that we have set collaborative times, which are timetabled. So we have an afternoon during the week where teachers um, have collaborative time. Similarly, it's planned within the timetable. However, um, after reading the study, but also within our school, there's already internal discussions about how to make this collaborative time more effective because our teachers also find there's a lot of demands on their very limited time to collaborate. Um, so we're looking at ways of differentiating the collaborative time for the afternoon sessions. Teachers work in groups with different particular focus areas. And this has particularly been true for the interdisciplinary unit because we realized that it was an area that we needed to improve um, within our school um, or within the academy. So teachers were given time to identify potential interdisciplinary units and then develop that. So it is definitely an area that we still need to work on in terms of creating these collaborative spaces whereby time can be used efficiently and effectively. A strength of the academies is how collaboration centers around service learning because the academies being part of the wider Aga Khan development network can leverage that and service learning is seen as the heart of what the academies aim to do. So in that approach, this might be more relevant to a later question. Uh, the point is we're trying to differentiate our collaborative time and get teachers to work in different focus groups really. Mm. Thank you very much. It's fantastic to see how these collaborative strategies are really implemented in a variety of different ways, using different strategies, depending really on the school context and the school culture, because that is you know, quintessentially what the MYP program is about. Mm -hmm. I know that you have um, shared the finding of the MYP collaborative strategy with your senior leadership team in school, and I wonder well, how were the findings met by the senior leadership uh, team, what, what was their view uh, about them? The feedback I got is that many of the findings resonated with uh, the leadership team and actually they're areas that they're 
they are already looking to address or finding ways to address. So I think in, in some ways it was a positive because, you know, it's always reassuring when others are in the same boat and uh, <laughs> we can share good practice and work to improve these aspects of the program together as well as individually. So I think in particular, the areas for focus within, my, uh, within the academies at the moment are how to develop interdisciplinary units and how to develop the ATL um, skills progression. And that really came out from internal ongoing discussions, but also from reading these findings. A strength, however, is where I think there's opportunity for the academies to share their practice is with how they develop and collaborate around service learning. Because that's, that's pretty well established at the moment, right? Yeah, that's a really well established program being at the heart of what the academies try to do. So they link the service learning approaches with the Aga Khan development network approaches to development, which means projects can either have a multi-input approach where social, economic and cultural needs are addressed in parallel to one another, or community-centered actions, which uh, build close partnerships with local people and communities, empowering them to achieve a level of self-reliance. They could be long-term and sustainable development projects. And a really interesting one is when students are involved in identifying root causes to ensure why we're addressing a problem rather than just the symptoms of the problem. And finally, self-reliance and dignity. There's a big focus on allowing people to make their own choices in how they live and wish to improve their prospects in harmony within their environment rather than a school coming in and, or an academy coming in and imposing mm-hmm. its um, you know, solutions based mm-hmm. on what a, some students have discovered through their studies. So this idea that it's a two-way process and the community needs to be involved front and center when we're working with service learning. Thanks, Anasha. And Gabriela? Well, for us, it was a very interesting um, process to read the findings and to, to discuss them with the leadership team. You know, I think empirical research findings are always interesting mirrors against which to assess our own strengths and weaknesses as a community. And we really appreciated reading in the report the idea of, um, you know, all the strategies are classified or the findings are classified in continuums or categories of different types of schools. And I think that. It's a great way of moving from this dichotomous view of either you're doing it or you're not doing it, but rather seeing the full spectrum of realities in terms of degrees of implementation. And I think that, you know, across all of these areas of collaboration and strategies for collaborations, the finding has found that there are at least three different types of manifestation of, of these strategies from uh, groups of schools that are beginning their journey to schools that are perhaps they have it down in, in theory or in paper and they're you know making their way in, in making it practical or real and schools that are perhaps you know fully implementing these strategies as well. So I really appreciated that this aligns well with the new standards and practices and the idea that um, you know we have to think where are we as a school, self-assess our, our community needs and also develop plans for development and growth in the futures. I, for me, something interesting, for example, just to put an example, was to see that not all schools have designated coordinators for these key areas of, of collaboration, which is something that our school, we, we have. I think it's a strength. We have one designated person 
for ID, for um, service, and for ITL um, development. So that was a strength at our school, and we're thinking, well, how can we maximize this potential that we already have to really move our practice further and to continue to develop as, as a community? So um, I think that it was a very interesting exercise. And as Natasha was saying, it's always reassuring to see that there are many schools in the same you know, boat and to read the testimonies of teachers and students, um, you know, to put real flesh and, and, and face behind the statistics, I think is also a strength of the report. And I like the idea of a degree of implementation because that is generally a message that we want to communicate to the MYP community that is really a process of a long, sometimes time process of really getting, enhancing, enhancing and better the implementation. Thank you both. Um, now we have briefly discussed the current implementation in your school. Uh, we briefly discussed also the feedback uh, from your school leadership team about the uh, implementation of the MYP collaborative strategy. Now, looking to the future, what action uh, your school is going to take or is planning to take to further enhance the MYP implementation? To build on something that Natasha said, and it really resonated with, with me as well, I think that we feel, or teachers and schools often feel that these are things that we do sometimes naturally or that are embedded in our practices, but the, the report has really pushed us into thinking about, well, are we doing these things systematically? Are we doing them intentionally? And with what purpose? You know, what is the ultimate goal of these collaborative strategies? So I think that there's a room for development in, in that regard. And as a school community, we do have an eye on these aspects and we've had an eye on them for quite some time. And we've seen growth within these areas, but we're taking specific actions to overcome some of the challenges that are common to, to some of the challenges outlined in the report. So one of the things that we're doing this year is, for example, launching a professional development project where we're asking teachers and teams of teachers to choose one of these areas of planning and of collaboration. So based on their own strengths as practitioners, either focus on ATL, interdisciplinary teaching and learning, or service as action, and to propose a practical plan for developing this aspect in connection to their own subject-specific teaching, so in the context of their own unit. So instead of seeing it as something that you know, it's a standalone or something that goes beyond the scope of what they're doing in the classroom, really integrated into their own practice. In addition to, you know, giving timed or planned spaces in the calendar for collaborative strategies and practices to take place, we're also um, looking for several professional development instances to focus on these key aspects of the program. For example, we had a national association gathering where we um, divided in subject group areas with colleagues from different schools, and we looked at the ATL skills with colleagues from other schools, seeing how they were developing, looking at the progression, the scope and sequence, how they were scaffolding the learning and the teaching of these skills across the continuum. So I think that there's an area of, of development in, in that regard as well. Another future action, very immediate, is to look at these across the continuum, we are a continuum school, so looking at what they're doing in the PYP and building upwards and what they need in the DP and building downwards, that's something that we're continuing to enhance and develop, I'd say, this year. And then also working hard in making these elements visible. So not only things that are in the planners, but also making sure that you know, we communicate these to the community, that they're visible to students, that they don't see them as add-ons, but rather as foundational aspects of their own learning. And really, and something that the report, I think, invited us to do is try to think how, about how we can give ownership to students regarding these aspects. So, for example, service 
as action, giving them the possibility of establishing their own needs and their own uh, projects, and then teachers kind of accompanying students in, in those process and those interests as well. So um, I think there are key ingredients to continue to grow, uh, both for teachers, students, and the school in general. And you know, we, we are really looking forward to, to t moving forward in these directions. Wonderful, thank you. Sounds perfect. Um, so we're working on some similar ideas, but a few things that this has forced us to do is to really think about our timetabling a little bit. So we're looking at revisiting um, how we timetable classes, how we timetable collaborative planning time, how we audit what teachers are actually doing, because often times teachers have multiple, you know, are doing so many things that that's why they're feeling time stressed. So I think it's really important as well to, I mean, to implement these things well, you know, you need headspace and, you know, mm. teachers who have the capacity and bandwidth to dedicate time to developing these um central parts of the program and whilst having those discussions it has forced us to rethink some of our priorities um, which has really brought to the fore thinking about how we're doing our, in our interdisciplinary planning our services action and our um, ATLs mm -hmm. yeah um, so and that's really been a trigger for kind of creating these differentiated collaborative mm -hmm. groups and uh, giving as well more focused professional development mm -hmm. sessions which might be about how to fill in the unit planner in particular areas and also looking at vertical and horizontal progressions throughout the school so some similarities with mm -hmm. what's happening in Uruguay. Thank you Emmanuel. Thank you very much mm. for your time it was really a pleasure to have you both you here and share what the practices in terms of the MYP implementation of the collaborative strategy are in your school and future action uh, on this regard. Thank you very much, both of you, and I wish you well. Thank you for thank the you. kind invitation. Thank you. There you have it. A big thank you to Gabriella and Natasha for their time and passion. For more information on this study, including a formal summary report, visit ibo.org research. There you can download a short PDF to share with your school. All right, join us next time for more stories from our students, schools, educators, and more. Thanks for listening.